0: Welcome in to another edition of the Tapping the Keg Podcast episode Two. 532. How is everybody doing? We are back. We're going to talk Wisconsin sports curses. Uh, it, it, it is coming back to life as just things never seem to work out. Uh, we're all stuck. If there's any concerns about Damian Lillard uh, with his recent struggles, uh, we'll maybe talk a little bit about Bucks, Bulls and the Bucks last couple, couple games and talk about if we lost any confidence in the Packers. We'll probably do that first and after last night. And yeah, uh, Mitch, what's going on, Ben? How are how, how you doing?
1: Doing well. Another exciting day of, uh, in my world with, um, you know, the, the world ending in Packers nation and, uh. <laughs> You know, Bucks Twitter doing its thing every single day. It's uh <laughs> never a dull stop. moment.
0: They don't stop, man. They just do not stop. Uh I, I had uh one Marquette friend who texted, thank God for Marquette, uh, in the fourth quarter uh of the Buck or of the uh Packers game. And and the Bucks I think were simultaneously in overtime at that point. And it was just like thank God for, for Marquette and I, you kinda it is a little bit of a saving grace, but yeah, Never. except Marquette lost to fucking Wisconsin, so I right. Mean, yeah, but I mean, you bounce back and you just absolutely shit pump Texas and Notre Dame. Now Notre Dame's not good, but I mean, that was just such a response after that game where you're like, "Oh, it was just one bad night at night at the arena." It's not like, "Oh, maybe this team's a little overrated." I, I don't think anyone's anyone's feeling that way. But you're right. You yeah. you you have yet another year without. Uh, Without beating the Badgers, I uh, but I do think you know Wisconsin so far has looked pretty good. I mean, they got pumped by Arizona, but I, I think a lot of teams will get beat by Arizona on the road, especially after you had just played Marquette and Michigan State. That's a it's a lot to ask for. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh, but yeah, you got that going. But it's it's yeah, it's a little skies falling. So it's a perfect time to talk about curses, talk about things that just never seem to go right. And so I use curse loosely. This is not the Billy goat curse is not the great Bambino. This is not, uh, I'm trying to think of other curses, just the Cleveland Browns in general, or the Detroit lions, if you will. Uh, This is a, you know, curse used very loosely, but it was brought on by Mike Daniels, who is our newest Packer analyst these days, trying to get a job, probably FS one, maybe FUBU TV or Fubo. Is that the one who, uh, uh, Fubo, drugs. yeah Fubo, Fubo is yeah. the TV Fubo, thing yeah. Fubo is the clothing company Right, fuck yeah, my bad on that Um, And oh, I was going to make another joke But anyways, Mike Daniels trying to get a job And says, Packer fans, no matter the coordinator No matter the personnel We seem to not be able to be elite On defense I played alongside legit Hall of Fame players Several pros, pro bowlers Yet mid to bottom ranks Years later, I see the same thing even with a culture change, why? Mm-hmm. I, and I, I mean,
1: go ahead. Well, first of all, I did see that tweet from Mike Daniels um after the game on Monday. And it's very, you know, good on him. It's thought provoking. I feel like it's probably been you know, he's right. It's been a, a lifelong practically for us uh issue, I guess, or just or just thing that you have to live with as a Packer fan. And I guess where, yeah, you've had 30 years of, of, of hall of fame level quarterback play. And Jordan love is still TBD. Um, But for the most part, throughout that time, the defense, yeah, has been the Achilles heel. And I mean, it's, it's really hard to have a perfect team. Um, You know, we all strive for it. We all, we all talk about it and uh, ways to improve teams, but I don't know. I think it seems like in the NFL, that's just you know the bears can never get a quarterback but they yep. more often than not always have a solid defense if not great defense right it's just it's the it's ravens one of those things
0: the ravens always right. seem to get hurt at the wrong time um you know and or it's the ravens like... or the
1: ravens have, have always had a, a solid or good or great defense and you know now they have an okay quarterback but he hasn't proven himself in the playoffs or anything so um you know there's just certain things that you know you never for whatever reason. It's just outside of a couple of years here and there, the Packers defensively are just mediocre or, or not good. And right. And but now it's like lately, the last handful of years, they've put a ton of draft capital. Yeah. Um, even even signed some people, re signed some people, and it just they just can't consistently put it together for whatever reason. And it's so right. it's it's a it's an interesting uh thought exercise there. About right, Mike Dan.
0: Right. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, it It does tie back to the fact that you've had the same coordinator. Nothing has changed there. Matt LaFleur stayed with the same scheme. He did not change, you know, from Joe Barry and Joe Barry's seat was cool. But now Joe, Joe Barry's seat has become become red hot. And it's been a real issue as the Packers defensive coordinator for the last three years. People were all excited about Mike Patton when he first got here. Under Mike McCarthy because he wasn't Dom Capers, he was a former head coach. It didn't work out, and then the weird, you know, they kept petting on the staff even though uh, it wasn't Matt Lafleur's guy. And then Matt Lafleur's like, "Yeah, get the fuck out, like we we're done." And then he hires his Barry jo- Joe Barry or his buddy Joe Barry, and so it's it's yeah, it's been a long-standing thing. And Dom Capers was no better, and the fires Capers was you know omnipresent with the defensive coordinator there. And the fact that that man was a DC from 2009 to 2017 is unbelievable Mm -hmm. that he held his job that long, that nobody, nobody had the gumption to fire him. I do think that Barry's on borrowed time. I know I've said that before. I don't think he's going to be fired during the season. Um, I, I do think that there is going to be, which will drive a lot of PAC fans crazy. Um, one in particular that I know, I think there's going to be a real push for the Packers to be very good next year because it's Mark Murphy's last year with being the Packers chairman. And I think that's going to matter. Um, Maybe that's just me being too tinfoil hattie. But I could see Murphy being like to LaFleur, like, hey, look, we let you do this another year. There are some good things. There are some bad things. But like you got it. We got to change it. Like, you have to change it. Now, will he hire his buddy Robert Salat if he were to get fired from the Jets? I don't know. We've, we talked about it last week. Working with your friends is kind of weird. Jim Leonard, funny thing about Jim Leonard, is guess who Jim Leonard's like protege? That's who Jim Leonard's mentor was. Do you know him? Uh, Mike, Mike Patton. Yeah,
1: Mike yeah, Patton. Yeah, you
0: bet. You bet it is. So it's like.
1: Yeah, because he it? he played he played for him in, in two spots, I think, right? Cleveland right. and yeah. New York Jets.
0: Yeah, Patton loves. Jim Leonard it'd be hilarious if Patton became would would Patton be co- go on Leonard's staff as the NFL would Patton come back to Green Bay to like coach the defensive line I uh,
1: I doubt it I mean I, I can't I that doesn't seem like something I don't know what is cutting up what's he up know. to right now I
0: just about to say that I have no idea what Mike Patton's you know doing these days why would I, you
1: I mean I don't think I would want any of those people no, you know, you, you, wouldn't, I mean,
0: want so- you wouldn't want Salah. You
1: want well, Salah. okay, Salah, but even he would be another sneaky retread. I mean, yeah, you know. Uh, but then again, the Jets' defense is very fucking good right now. Still, right. it's not like they they've fallen off. That is clearly a a thing that's carrying them to victories now. I know Zach Wilson was pretty good against Houston, but I mean, there are some. Kind of bizarre circumstances in that game, you know, right. with the rain. Uh Maybe no fans in the stands would help Zach Wilson a lot. I don't know because I mean, there's only like twenty thousand people at that game. I guess yeah, just the cold, the shit weather, and yeah, maybe he is. So um that one I could see, but you know, I don't know. I Jim Leonard, I guess because well, he hasn't had a crack as an NFL defensive coordinator. I'd be fine th- with me, but I, I you, th- you get th- Pettin involved, you're, you're you're flirting with. Just same old shit.
0: No, I know it's more of a joke. But and Patton, by the way, is with the Minnesota Vikings. He's assistant head coach uh, for the Minnesota Vikings last two years, and prior to that was with the Bears. So he's been all over the NFC North besides the Lions. Hmm. Um, I I mean, look, I think the frustration for a lot of Pack fans is they look at last year's cycle, and it's like Brian Flores available gets hired by the Vikings. Vikings after kind of figuring out what Flores was as a defensive coordinator, have had a really good defense for the last few weeks and won them the game against the Raiders in that 3 nothing Iowa tribute game. And <laughs> and then you have uh, Elijah Evro, I think that's how I, I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, for the Carolina Panthers. And Panthers have had some struggles, and they're not a good football team, but they, they're really good against the pass. They have a really good secondary. And he's coaching that up. And now Ebro might be available again, right? Because Carolina needs another new coach. And will that new coach want to do his own thing defensively? And maybe then you get another crack at him. And that, to me, I know a lot of people would turn their nose be like, oh, this guy was the D.C. It's Barry all over again. Barry coached the 0-16 Lions. But I will promise you that it's not. He's a young rising star. And that would be a, a great pivot from like, hey, let's hire a buddy. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know Evro was kind of a, a
1: a hot name last year. I don't what's his exact story? He was with Denver last year, right? Mhm.
0: And how did he end up in Carolina? He got uh, or Elijah Rowe, I uh, Evro. He got hired by he got hired by Carolina. Carolina had him be the DC. He was the DC for the Broncos. Sean Payton didn't want him and that's how it that's okay. how it kind of became. Right. And Andy worked with LaFleur. He was with the Rams for uh Two thousand seventeen to two thousand twenty. So he's been there. He's only forty two years old. He also uh was a defensive quality control uh coach for the Green Bay Packers in two thousand sixteen. Fun little fact there. So you can sell that. Yeah, so well again, it's it's NFL,
1: it's they've all coached together at some point. It feels like especially like it feels maybe I just because I know more and I have a better feel about it, but Mm -hmm. it, it definitely seems like in the NFL right now, all these coaches have have worked together at at some point and it's interesting. And the ones you know, the ones who haven't are the ones that are I don't know, like the Raheem Morrises of the world and stuff like that are just are just they're not considered good coaches automatically. Yeah. Not in the not in the good old boy
0: network. And I I will say like I, I even though this is a quote unquote curse, I do think the Packers can break it. They have the talent. It's there. It's young enough. It, they they have guys that are going to be stars, whether it's Carl Brooks or it's Van Ness. I, I'm still high on Van Ness. Quay uh, Walker has, you know, when Quay Walker has been out of two games, the teams have run absolutely wild on Packers. I don't think that's a coincidence, right? Like, I think you have to acknowledge that, even if you don't really like Quay Walker. Like, mm-hmm. and I, I like him. They just haven't solved the safety position, which is more on Brian Gunacoust than it is on anybody else. And so I, I do think the Packers are, are going to be okay defensively at some point in our lives. I think we are gonna see a good Packer defense at some point. And when you say good, it means just you can trust them to stop a third string quarterback on a last second drive on a Monday night football game that you didn't deserve to win.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean they, they had the they still had that chance even though they right. they really really reverted back to oh yeah free winning streak for sure oh,
0: yeah. it was October it was definitely October Packers, and we'll uh we'll talk about that more uh after we get through some of the the other curses uh'll we'll, we'll go with the box first I think the Brewers are actually the most cursed team but obviously not a lot of people are thinking about the brewers right now and for the Bucks, it, it really is two things at this point it's most I wouldn't say all but most free agent buyout guys, most of the buyout guys are just absolute trash when the Bucks get them. They never really seem to make an impact. I realize these guys are buyout guys for a reason, but man, they, the Bucs have had some real bad ones uh, in the Budenholzer era. Uh, they've also had some shaky free agent signings. And then the other part is just the last two years of the what-if injuries in, in the postseason with what you've seen with Chris in 2022 – and twenty twenty-three. So Mitch, I gave you a lot of ammo. You can take it however you want to go with the uh the bucks and their and their curses.
1: Well, yeah, I I could probably start with Budenholzer era acquisition, midseason acquisitions, let's call it. Uh namely Nico Miretic was was not effective. Um he was completely neutral neutralized in that Toronto series in 2019. Mm-hmm. Now you remember we traded Thon Maker, I believe, in that yes. one. Uh, it was like a three-team deal, maybe four-team deal. I don't know. Um, that's one thing we've learned about Horst. I mean, we were we were shocked when they pulled that move off.
0: Oh, I remember. Yeah, I was in my I was at the office. I was uh, one of the guys that were working with. Shout out Grant. I think his name's Graham. Um, was a big Bucks fan and. We were going nuts. We were like, "Oh my god, can't believe they made this trade!" Like this was it was very unbucks. Like it was kind of the first time where John Horse put his dick on the table and was like, "Here I am." Well, it
1: was it was like Thon and like four second round picks or something. Yeah, and it was like, okay, we got one of the, you know, one of the guys that all the contenders that year, uh, mm-hmm. you know, were would have loved to have for seemingly nothing and yeah i mean it just never really worked out he i don't know he he started if i remember some playoff games and um you know we're going back pre-covid life which you know everything started over in 2020 so it's hard to (laughs) hard to remember exactly but i do know that he just was he they had to bench him essentially in that raptor series and i don't think he played ended up playing a whole lot because he was
0: so bad I mean, it, um, ended, it ended his NBA career. He's been overseas since that season. Like, yeah. that, that's how bad it was. Like, And that sort of started this chain reaction of guys in the midseason that would just not seemingly fit with this Milwaukee Bucks team. And I don't know if it's just the way that, you know, Bud coach guys, if it was the way that they just sort of assimilated with Gian- Giannis and Chris. But it it just really didn't work. And, like, you know, P.J. Tucker, even though, like, he had the iconic, you know, post-game celebration and had the Durant stuff, like, he was a complete zero offensively. They got absolutely nothing from P.J. Tucker, who was this corner three assassin for other teams, except for the Milwaukee Bucks, and only in, like, real, real spurts. Yeah. P.J. Tucker? Yeah. Um. I mean I,
1: I would think PJ I do think PJ largely worked out. I know that Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm
0: not I'm not trying to like say like it, it didn't. I'm more just like I'm kinda just pointing out that like even like PJ Tucker, there were there were some dents, right? It wasn't perfect. He got trade they no. trade for him in uh February and I don't think he played till April, right? And I know that might have yeah, been I think, on purpose. I think
1: that was that was definitely a, st- a strategic maneuver um to get him a rested up for the playoffs B probably back in shape person four, actually that's probably a right. oh yeah back yeah. in shape after after being you know checked out in houston um as they you know the post james harden trade and you know they were clearly going in a different direction and pj's like fuck this probably mm-hmm. so they probably saw him and were like all right you know, you know the bucks that do have a pretty damn good training staff and they were like well um you know let's let's take it easy with this guy and you know, yeah, Durant was going nuts against Brooklyn, but don't think for a second P.J. Tucker wasn't making that really fucking hard on him. And right. it ended up wearing wearing him out, and it was all ex- exclamation pointed by an airball in overtime in game seven. It was this dude
0: is out of gas finally. Where it's my so, heart. Oh,
1: uh-huh. yeah.
0: I said where my heart was in my asshole at at, at Broadhouse.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah for sure. Oh my. That, God. I mean so PJ PJ I would say is lar- largely a positive one. Uh the next one that comes to mind would have been the following year after Miritich, Marvin Williams. Oh yeah. Um, Marvin was who, tragic. Who again, I was like, oh, all right, you know, like we got this like stretch four that, you know, is athletic and but little did we know, he was he was washed and Oh yeah. Granted it was also, you know, a four and a half month layoff or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, when when covid hit and they i think they had just picked them up right before that. Mm-hmm. yeah and uh, and so we should probably excuse him a little bit for that. but
0: you know, another non-factor in the in the bubble. yeah, uh, for Marvin Williams. shot 30 per- 30% from 3 in 17 regular season playoff game or regular season games. And then in the playoffs, he was again a pretty much non factor. Uh from three, he was a little bit better, but shot a little bit less. And so yeah, I yeah, Marvin Williams was just it it never it never worked out the way the way that you hoped uh for for that Bucks team. Um then the then, following
1: off season they signed DJ Augustine. Bad bad deal, bad uh, free agent. But yeah, that's how it, they got PJ Tucker. Right. So,
0: but yeah, it, that one was rough. Tory Craig, you know, has been a competent NBA player for everybody except the Milwaukee Bucks. That's yeah. that's the one that's like kind of hard to that's wrap your head one. around because it's like Tory Craig, did he start for that Suns team in, in 2021 in that finals? Um, or was he just, he was a bench player. He was a bench player for that team. He like, but like he was, he got no minutes, but didn't want anything to do with him. He's still playing like he's he has plays meaningful minutes with the Bulls now. Like he'll probably be a guy that maybe gets moved in the offseason because he's just kind of one of those competent rotation players. And that, you know, it it, it didn't really didn't really work out for the Milwaukee Bucks, which was absolutely wild. Um
1: Tory Craig could end up back on the Bucks, you never know.
0: Hey, Um, like I mean look, I take Tory Craig to on today's bucks. And then the following year, you have Jay Crowder who did stay, mm. but that was a complete nightmare.
1: Yeah, I was I was going to bring up Jay uh, pretty pretty quick Sorry, here too, just I didn't how, mean to
0: stop stop. No, no, no,
1: you're fine, you're fine. It's perfect segue because, yeah, I was thinking that just he's still here, and you know, I guess we don't. He's still an incomplete grade, I guess, in terms of overall impact because he didn't play at all. I mean, and and again another kind of like Tory Craig, where it's just like Bud just didn't want to throw him out there. And yep. um, and for the most part, when he was in there, he's fine. You know, I wouldn't say – I wouldn't say, you know, I do think that current present day people are a little uh, romantic about Jay Crowder, how he's, you know, it's yeah. a big loss undefensively. On, on like he's probably not taking us to a top-10 defense by himself
0: yeah it's the um, keg included yeah i've 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 been bad about that I would admit i I've used yeah. the j the Jay Crowder bailout i I think it really is more just to kind of argue that a little bit with you i don't I don't think that it's like I think Jay Crowder is like this all star defender anymore I think it's more just the bucks don't have experience on the bench right now, and so you basically need Bobby yeah. Portis or campaign mercifully. Or AJ Green who just came to life, but AJ Green's a young guy to like actually score some buckets, and mm-hmm. and it's like I think it's just to have you know a competent veteran out on the court with Giannis, Chris, Dame, the whole thing, and that's like why right now like the Chris like primary ball hander stuff is the disaster. Like I feel like if you have mm-hmm. Crowder out there, if you have Pat content out there, like I actually think it might be might be okay.
1: Yeah, it's hard to argue with all that. I mean, just the fact that without Crowder or Pat, I mean, you know, it's a lot of Marjan Beauchamp, which, yep. you know, been a pretty rough stretch for him. And people are starting to starting to see what I've been on for a little while here, that he's just – I don't know if it's he's soft or he's just – he's just very, very indecisive and unsure of himself. And, right. and that's that's not a good place to be in. Um, yeah, he, he gets
0: gets way too much in his head. Uh, I, I can't believe how many players played on the 2022 Bucs that were like kind of signing. Some of them are like, you know, very random. But Serge Ibaka definitely didn't work out for the Bucs. Um, Serge, one. another one overseas. Fans like to remember DeMarcus Cousins and was like, oh, Boogie was great. And it's like, well, yeah, I just fucking hated Boogie. I just did not like Boogie um that was the first time where Giannis kind of used used his power remember how excited everybody got about Semi Ojale he stunk um mm-hmm. Rodney Hood uh <laughs> yeah was, I mean yeah they there was not necessarily a great there are other like lesser names right that played well a I think games. I think
1: Rodney Hood was coming off an Achilles injury so he was he was I mean, he was, I he, was probably... he was
0: done give him some grace, but yeah, he was, it was, it was about time there. So it the- was the one was the one. Yeah. Where it was like, Oh
1: man, we finally got this. Oh this yeah. Big burly wing defender guy. And it was like, this dude couldn't hit a fucking shot. If, if no, his life depended on it.
0: No. And they thought semi was, and I think the part that I don't know if it put pressure on semi or it just was the more of a bucks Twitter thing, but like semi was sold a little bit like, Oh, that's your PJ Tucker replacement. And he wasn't that PJ Tucker replacement. Like, and and the other thing too, the last thought on the Bucks part, and then I we gotta get to the Brewers and the Badgers here. I, I think what's frustrating about this as well is there are guys where you watch them and you're like, oh yeah, that guy would be great on the Bucs, and then they get on the Bucks and they're not great. Like Torian Prince just hit a three for the Lakers. Um yeah. Torian Prince would be a great buck. Like I love Torian Prince. I guarantee you he couldn't he wouldn't hit sand if he fell off a camel if he played for the box. Yeah,
1: that's absolutely a guy I would have wanted, but it's, it's hard to, hard to, hard to compete with like a two year deal with the Lakers. Oh, you know? oh,
0: I, oh, I know. I'm not like critical. They don't have him, but it, more. My point is like, if you picked out a guy, like if you guys watch a NBA game on Wednesday night, that is the box or a game on Thursday or whatever this weekend. And you're like, Oh, I'd love that guy in the box. And you'll realize that that guy probably wouldn't actually be good on the team. And I don't know why. I don't know how it works. I don't know why it happens.
1: Yeah, you're right. I get your point. I mean, that's right. Of course, as soon as as soon as they get him, he's trash.
0: Tim Hardaway, another guy who I'd be like, I'd I'd be probably okay with Tim Hardaway. And I guarantee you, he'd be terrible. He has a terrible contract. But but I'm not saying he'd shoot shoot 28
1: percent from three. And totally. That's pretty much his one job.
0: Yep. Yep. No doubt. Uh, all right, but the Brewers, I mean, the Brewers have been cursed. We, we've talked about brewer curses in the past, so we don't need to Where probably spend haunt, it. Yeah, how much, a, how much time you got? <laughs> um, owner, <it's>... uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, the Johnson Bills, we have sauce money, we have sauce money now. Um, but yeah, I mean, the clutch hitting in October is, I think, like the big one because it's just like there have been moments of clutchness, right, with Tony Blush and with. The 2018 Brewers had a few clutch moments, but at the end of the day, it just, it never seems to be enough. And that might just be a larger discussion about baseball, but it's like, it, it, it's just so frustrating that it all just doesn't seem to work when, when October rolls around.
1: Yeah. This is certainly a, a problem that's been magnified. I think the last couple of years, yeah. um, namely in 2021, where the offense is good, the team won ninety six games, and then could not score a run in that Atlanta series, and you know that really, really was, I guess the the jumping off point of of, right. of frustration for for Brewers fans, and mm-hmm. now it's devolved into I don't know, I mean, complete meltdown probably from, from yeah. Brewers fans really, and no, nobody's happy about anything. No, Um, no,
0: I mean, we're all I mean, the whole fucking Wisconsin sports has just a miserable fan base right now in general. And I think it's a larger discussion for another podcast is like, how does how do we fix it? Right. And I think we've talked about it in the past, but it's like it bears repeating because it's only getting worse. Like it's not getting better. And maybe that's just where we uh, are in society. You know, everyone delete everyone deletes Twitter would help. Yeah. Or Uh, like Elon Musk just just nukes the whole site and we, we don't have it anymore. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's it it's like this like same old Brewers type stuff where you see it with other teams in other sports, like the Lions or the Browns, and it's like, oh, this is just going to be what the Brewers are, and it's kind of unfair to them, but it's also kind of true. And it's like it's hard to it's hard to defend it when it keeps happening. Now there have been some bizarre, you know, decisions like the Jesse Winker one by a former manager Craig Council that make you wonder, but you know, who knows? Maybe we'll see if the brewers do get back to postseason with another manager. Is it gonna be any different? I've I no idea. Now do I expect them to be there? Where I have no idea what this brewer team is, so I can't I can't really say honestly. What
1: are we gonna um, what are we gonna call Craig Council going forward on this podcast? He who shall
0: not be named or no I've talked so I, I actually mentioned Craig Council last uh couple of daily podcasts because I what was that, I talking about? I was talking about Shaka and how like he like sometimes he's been putting this freshman in Zade Lowry and he's like kind of just throwing him into the fire. And I'm like, that's what that's kind of what Craig Council would do with relievers. He'd just throw guys in and be like, well, you'll lose this game you lose this game, but you got the experience. And like, I hate the guy right now, but I, I always liked that about him. I always thought that was admirable, even though if it drove people the like casuals crazy. That didn't understand it. Yeah. So I don't have a name yeah, yet, that's, but we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll think about it. Um, Oh, the other brewer thing that's kind of occurred, the other two brewer curses I had the good luck Chuck, where just every team that plays the Brewers goes to the world series or wins the world series had happened happen to Arizona this year. I feel like once that doesn't happen, maybe the curse gets broken. The other one I had too is the Brewers just lack of a consistent first baseman. Like they've had first base years, right? Like you had the Thames year, you had the Aguilar year, you had the Rowdy year, but you haven't had like a constant first baseman since Prince Fielding. And Rowdy wasn't even a full year.
1: I think no. that was that was like a, a June signing or something off the scrap
0: heap, well, right? Well, wasn't even wasn't Thames even kind of a a like two month like thing, and then it it kind of all fell apart. Yeah, I don't know i
1: I don't necessarily. Yeah, I mean, he was he is he had, what he is, right? You know. He yeah. wasn't, I don't think he was ever a 300 hitter for a year. Or, no, no, no. You know, the he Niger just, Morgan one, I was thinking about oh. that today. He's not first baseman, obviously, but just like, I think because I was thinking about like antics and, oh, it's because I, a lot of Jared Alexander discussion uh, oh, yeah. today. And I was thinking about just that whole idea of like a player that when they're kind of a shithead like that, and by that, I mean, they kind of go to the own, they're, beat their own drum and Mm -hmm. say and do kind of weird or dumb things when they're playing well it's awesome everybody loves it world's on fire yep but um when things aren't going well and they're not playing well that shit gets old real quick so i was just thinking about like today about how Nigel morgan you know had an absolute dream season in 2011 for the brewers hit like 330 Mm -hmm. and uh how quickly that fell apart the next year, yeah. When you know, they brought him back, and he went back to his to the back of his baseball card and numbers wise, and kind of the I don't know if it's I, I don't know he wasn't like wasn't he just like always kind of bickering and and getting yep. into fights, yeah, getting other dugouts and stuff yeah. like that. Oh yeah, right. It just kind of like when you're when you're hitting two fifteen, it's not uh it's not the same, and it gets no. little quick. And I right. just yeah, I mean. So yeah, Eric Thames did not have that type of season. Yeah,
0: no, uh, he I would have been had, nice. He had thirty-one home runs, man. Like he had thirty-one home runs in twenty seventeen. We just weren't good that year. That was the year before we made the playoffs. And then we had the the playoff push in twenty eighteen. We got Yelich and we're like, oh, we have Thames, and then Thames was nobody. And then Jesus Aguilar ended up, you know, being the guy halfway through that year. That's right. They they took Thames out of uh,
1: Korea. Right? yeah they signed him back yep. after a couple of years out of right. out of major league baseball
0: yep yep and he he was a star for a little bit and then people figured out how, how to pitch to him and it was over so yep. but yeah. still
1: it's been 12 years now and they have not um since Prince left and they have right. not uh figured out a first baseman
0: but maybe Brock Wilkin now oh, he's shown some signs as a third baseman like the first round draft pick last year from Wake Forest but maybe Brock Wilkins, that guy. Who knows? That'd be great. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, we'll have to see. And the last one's the Badgers and just always hyping up the quarterbacks. I mean, Russell Wilson has really been the only one that has worked out when it's, it's come to the hype. But, man, oh, man, the names throughout the years. I mean, last year with Mordecai, you had uh, O'Brien, where everyone was like, oh, my God, Graham Mertz, Park Houston. Like, hey, everyone, you're like, oh, this, the, this is the guy that finally, like, be next level as a as a Badgers quarterback and it just has never seemed to work so good luck Tyler Van Dyke because I guess what I'm saying here yeah Tyler Van Dyke is probably about our age right yeah yeah Tyler Van Dyke is uh little little Van Wilder I mean uh I mean he has he has a great like frame for a quarterback he's like 6'4 220 uh kid from Connecticut he's probably gonna clean up in Matt, like on State Street. Oh, he's a redhead. Oh, that's I.
1: Oh, he's only a. Yeah, I knew. Only, I knew he was a, a very fair skinned. Yeah, he's part uh, of the gentleman.
0: Tri- part of the ginger tribe. Uh, he's actually Mitch. He's only 22. Um, he's gonna be 23 in March. Yeah. So he's he's been you know he's a fifth year senior right fifth year transfer right yeah or yeah well he's a red shirt junior so I it, heading into Wisconsin probably will be think he will be a redshirt senior then right yeah redshirt senior so yeah four years in there but you know it it was a guy and and the i guess he could stay for two years which might help the continually you know the sort of nature of the badgers of not necessarily the one and done guys like i have a whole separate thought on that where it's like i just think getting guys in for one year off the transfer portal scrap heap is not a successful way to build a program i think you need those guys in there for multiple years, and that's how you're successful. And just look at Washington, look at Oregon, look at, uh, you know, even Texas, who it was a young guy, but it, that was the second year he's been there. And JJ McCarthy, second year, like I, I think that shit matters. And I, it's rare that you can just do one and done, and it all, it all comes together. Now, Badgers to argue that point a little bit, Badgers did have that happen with Russell Wilson, almost like if it's not for two hail marys, Badgers would have been playing in the. In the BCS, and I, I think maybe if it was the playoff, they might have been in that fourteen playoff. They would have been damn close. That team was really good uh, for Wisconsin in that Russell Wilson year.
1: Yeah, but it turns out Russell Wilson was—I don't—I don't think we realized how like how special he was. You know? Oh like, no! Oh no! I mean, he made an immediate impact in the NFL right after that, so he really right. hit, his, hit his stride. Now I know he's not currently, but he's—he's he's older than I think people think right he's he's got 10 years in the nfl right so um is it shocking that he's 35 or whatever probably and declining no but i mean he was immediately you know turned seattle into i well he didn't you know their defense was yeah but but But, it was to sort of but it's you know it's it's credit to him that he was able to step in like as a rookie and 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 put them right up there
0: yeah Yeah. Oh man. I, I just pulled up an old Badger football reference. Kurt Phillips was another guy that there was a lot of hype around Kurt Phillips. Like, I I think it's natural that quarterbacks get hyped, right? Like that you have the hype of the quarterback, but it's just kind of amazing that it really hasn't worked. Tanner McAvoy, another guy, it really hasn't worked out for the Badgers besides Russell. Who ended up
1: playing safety, I think,
0: in the NFL, right? Uh, was a it tight end? It's tight? I thought it was tight end. I thought Tanner McElroy no, might have been safety. safety. It might have been safety. You might have been right, but yeah, that it's it's just nuts. It's nuts how that like has continued continued on, and just the oh receiver. Re, I was right. Okay, there we go. I'll take it. Six so, six two thirty. Yeah, he was a tank. Jesus, he was a big boy, and yeah, just didn't. Uh, didn't work out. Mertz was another one uh, who I don't know if we mentioned, but yeah, was, that was a guy where it's like, Oh, he's an all American. Like this is the, it. it's like, Oh wait, well, Mertz, pl- Mertz was probably the one who I remember where it was like, okay, this
1: dude's legit. Like he was, you know, like a four-star recruit. Yeah. Compared,
0: he got compared to Russell Wilson. Like he, and he has that incredible COVID game and then he gets COVID and you don't hear from him for ever. That's, I mean, we did that Wisconsin what ifs topic a while back, and and I mean, you know, what if Graham Mertz had a full year, like a non-COVID year, and like an actual year of football, would that have, would that have changed his trajectory as a you know a Badger and as a football player? I, I who's to say, really?
1: Yeah, well, you could say that about a lot of people. I'm at, oh, I like, fuck. It, absolutely, and and if I I would say no because he went to Florida and had a fresh start, and I don't think he was all that. I don't know what his numbers were, but. I know Florida as a team wasn't very good this year. So,
0: no, five and seven. Yeah, that's not going to get it done.
1: Granted, the SEC is another step up, and, you know, wishful thinking that he would go to the SEC and be any better. Not that the Big Ten is a shitty conference, but it's certainly, you know, I think the speed of the SEC is a, a whole other step up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would, I would tend to agree. Um, all right. Any anything else on curses before we uh, touch on the Packers and Bucks? Quick before we uh, we ride out of here. No, let's keep it keep it moving. So Green Bay Packers did what we we kind of kind of worried about. Um, you know, we did the whole apology rankings. Got too excited. You kind of told me to settle down, and you're right. And I, I don't know how many times that I have to get myself too excited, not to just settle down and. I, as the week went on, as I was podcasting by myself, I started to be like, hangover game, hangover game, hangover game. And sure enough, it happened. Um, and you know, it's just the, the symptom of a young team, unfortunately. And as I said, on the, uh, the headline from yesterday's show, if you haven't listened, go back and check that out. As I said, you know, brought us back to reality. We're all like, all right, here we go. Like, we're not, we're not any different and, you know, can beat anybody, can lose anybody. But has it, has it, I guess, from your confidence, and I know you weren't as high as I was last week, has it changed at all? Do you feel any different about this Packers team, or is it still kind of mm. the same just given, you know, the game and the environment that they were kind of headed into? I think it took a, a slight hit,
1: I guess, just because, you know, again, I, I didn't think even after beating the Chiefs, like, they would win a playoff game, but it, I thought they – you know it was looking like they were going to make it and they still are in the seventh seed to be fair um but it's a fucking mess down there right now and who knows how it'll play out and Mm. i i do think it's it's hard to to say that you know look at the schedule the remaining schedule and going into the giants game i would have thought that um let's just say my 8 win bet was was in serious jeopardy uh yeah. going into those last five games and now you look at what's left it's tampa and i don't know if that one is necessarily in the bank anymore mm-hmm. um carolina i'll give you i mean carolina could probably lose to a college team um they're really bad i mean carolina is by far the worst team i think i think the other 31 what? teams could beat any other thirty-one teams. I don't think Carolina could.
0: But doesn't um, that doesn't that worry you a little bit though that the Packers have played down to their competition time and again this year, and when you look at the teams that they've yeah. blown fourth-quarter leads to—Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Jimmy Garoppolo, Tommy DeVito—why mm-hmm. can't they do that to Carolina? Yeah. I just I <laughs> I well, I, I, and it would be it would be natural that it'd be like a monsoon in Carolina that day or well, you know I mean just a just a really fucking they'd kill christmas because it's christmas eve i mean my christmas would be absolutely ruined like i, I it would there would be no coming back for me um but yeah. you know <laughs> yeah. I, I would be so i would it's be, a,
1: it's a it's a
0: stressful
1: it's going to be a stressful finish probably just with carolina and then you got the two division games the end the year and those are you know the bears are all of a sudden Right. Um, Have a pulse, I guess, or competent might be a good word.
0: They're Um, going to Mitch. I will tell you right now, I will put this to the bank. The Cleveland Browns are going to absolutely bully the fuck out of Justin Fields on Sunday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I mean, Detroit is very, very soft. I think on, on the defensive side of the ball, Detroit,
0: Detroit is on skates right now. I mean, they get this Denver team and I, I mean, I've, been really impressed with Denver's defense um recently. And that's like that's the frustrating thing about this game. I I haven't exactly lost confidence. I just think it was a game where you saw a team that read their headlines a little bit, didn't have Christian yeah. Watson, didn't have Aaron Jones. And by the way, I am completely fine with Watson and Jones not playing in MetLife, given that turf. And given the fact that that turf has claimed so many ACLs and so many Achilles, totally okay, those guys not playing. I think that's that's perfectly fine. Um, yeah. And do you and think I, there was? I, I heard
1: some discussion about Jordan Love and like his his timing being yeah. off at times in the in the game against the Giants, just be, because of the turf. Oh, you know where I, he just was kind of. Kind of sliding around a little. I don't know. That's probably a little, a little too, uh, I, not tinfoil hat, but just like too. You're making excuses at that yeah, point. Yeah.
0: You know what that sounds like? That sounds like the excuses we used to make for Aaron Rodgers when Aaron Rodgers would have bad games, where heaven forbid Aaron Rodgers had a bad game. We'd have to find an excuse to be like, well, you know, uh, there were like five drops and, you know, and stuff like that. No, I, I think love, I, I think if it is part of that if that's part of the equation then that makes me feel better because i was a little worried like fuck can this guy not throwing wind can he not throw in the wind like that would be the only thing that would cause me to like lose confidence if jordan love can't throw the ball on wind that is a significant issue for a pack quarterback like you're gonna have winning games at lambo you're gonna have to learn how to throw the ball on wind and that that then you need to change your game plan and i i think matt Lafleur falling in love with endrounds like it, it was clearly because they're a blitzing style team and was trying to get them you know off their off their marks but it it was not working and he had to stop yeah. doing it or well run it, it run did with, and
1: it kind of it gradually got worse and worse and worse and then i mean they ran it like six or seven times
0: or run it with different guys run it with Malik. like Malik Keith doesn't fast but I'm trying to think of another guy that we don't really have another burner. I guess Keyshawn Nixon, you could bring in the game, but Nixon had already had the fumble. So you don't want to do that. But I, I'm like, do it with somebody else. Like do it with Patrick Taylor coming, you know, out of the back, out of, you know, the the slot position or something along those lines. Like what the Packers did was just, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't good. And I, I think it'll be okay, but yeah, nothing's going to be easy. It lets them reset You hopefully get some guys back. You hopefully have Jair back. I I think the Jair thing I touched on on Monday's show, I, I really, my, my biggest frustration with that is just the fact that he didn't put himself on IR and that he wasn't honest with himself and that he keeps doing this like half foot in half foot out. It's like, dude, if you're hurt, you're hurt. You know, I, my mom would always say like, you know, when I, if you're sick, you're sick. Like, I don't know if you've ever faked sick Mitch uh, as a kid but you'd suddenly be like, okay, and you'd be watching TV or playing video games. Your mom's like, I thought you were sick. You're like, oh, yeah, that's right. And it's like, no, you're not sick. And that's, but that's like kind of how I feel about Jair Alexander.
1: Yeah. I mean, he tried to come back, didn't he? Once or twice over the last,
0: yeah, uh, he, uh, this,
1: this season, I guess.
0: Right, he had a little bit of a shoulder thing in the Rams game and it kind of fucked him up and it kind of spooked him and he tried to come back from the back thing to play Devontae and again, it kind of spooked him. And so I think he wants to be fully healthy, but I think everybody's losing their collective patience, especially when you basically cross the Packers a roster spot through the last four games. Now, would that guy be, you know, a, a Sam Congato-like impact player? Probably not. But still, it's it's just the it's the message that you sent. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't think it's I think that's just one of those things to you know it's it's frustrating well, to say they, the least.
1: They could have found another Rasul Douglas. I mean, yeah, you,
0: I mean, yeah, that's you, a great point. You just pick pick a guy up off free agency who
1: right had some potential and was kind of cast off by another team or two, and yeah, you know, but somebody who's got potential and and a. Uh, you know, a good body, you know, <laughs> or something.
0: They did. I but, mean, they did. Um, they did add a uh, David Long. He didn't play. I don't think. I don't know if he was inactive, but he they picked him up from Carolina, and he's he's now you know, so he might may be that guy for them. Maybe he you know makes a bigger impact next week. But we'll uh, we'll have to see. Uh, you know, the Buccaneers is not easy. Another blitz heavy team. Um, you know, I I. I don't want to talk too much about the game because I that injury report could be massive and there could be a lot of, a lot of issues there. But I, I think that it's too early to worry about the injury report. I don't really, I don't really care about it until at least, at least Friday.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's late in the season. I mean, there's, it's, oh, yeah. it's it gets pretty lengthy. Just guys are banged up, nicked up and everybody's questionable on Wednesday and right. uh, you know, We'll just have to wait and see what
0: happens. Right, and and one of the funnier things is, you know, to bring it back to the start, Joe Barry's been pretty good against Baker Mayfield the last the last two years that he's played him, and he's had some he's had some success there. So this will be the third time Packers are facing Baker. They'll have a ton of tape on it, and I, I, that's that's just the ironic thing after after what happened on Monday night.
1: Yeah, right, and and you'd think if you if you can't. Well, I don't think Baker's gonna run as much as Tommy DeVito. No. So
0: he can't. That's... He's he's too slow. He's not he doesn't have the fresh legs and he's you know, he has his own shit injury wise. And I the only fear is Mike Evans has been incredible this year and Packers really have no answer for Mike Evans. So if you know the weather conditions are fine, you can get throw the ball up to Mike Evans, uh that's gonna be a problem. You don't really have, you know, that's a real test for Carrington Valentine. And the young Packer secondary, if Jair is not there. And Jair was really it? can't cover Mike Evans either because he's short as shit.
1: Right. He's, I mean, a lot. Yeah. He's too small for sure. Yeah. Um, was it Cousin Sal on a recent Simmons podcast who said, Is Mike Evans like the best wide receiver that no one ever talks about?
0: So I have this weird, like, I don't know what it's called, but I swear everybody does this, like, bit. Like, and like, I hear it a lot where it's like, and it's not your fault for saying this, like for bringing this up. I'm I'm kind of glad you did. Cause I I feel like I hear it, like everyone's like, well, no one. He's a, like one of those no one talks enough about guys. I think you have in every sport, and I think Mike Evans is like everybody's go to. But yeah, his numbers have been incredible. I think, I think what hurt Mike Evans weirdly is he wasn't that good with Tom Brady. Like his Tom Brady years were not that productive, and. And, well know, he had all those touchdown catches, but I think the, like, actual yardage wasn't good. I'd have to remember now. Might be talking out of my ass. But anyways, yes, you're right. They he Like, he if you is, look at his resume,
1: it's, like, oh, yeah. it's as good as anybody.
0: Right. It's first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. Like, he should be a first ballot Hall of Fame wide receiver. As opposed a- to, like,
1: Devontae Adams, who is a good receiver. Frankly, a great receiver, but he doesn't. I don't think he has quite. He doesn't have nearly the resume of Mike Evans.
0: Do you think, uh real quick, on Devontae? Do you? You're right. I think you might be right. And do you think Devontae regrets not kind of sticking around with Jordan Love and just getting paid to be a, a Green Bay Packer?
1: Uh, I mean, that's that's another, another question podcast. And, and <laughs> well, he, he I think he went to the Raiders thinking he'd play with Derek Carr. Right. And little did he know he was going to play for a psycho in Josh McDaniels. Yep. And cast off Derek Carr, and perhaps rightly so. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that probably wasn't part of the deal. And, you know, whatever, you're Vegas, you're on the West Coast now. But probably, I mean, there's got to be some regret, right? Like, yeah. Um, how things, just but certainly the way it's played out in, in Vegas so far. Um, well, who knows? We're, we're, maybe, maybe the Raiders could end up with a, a good quarterback.
0: Right. Next they year, trade, they trade, they trade up for Jaden Daniels or, or something like that. To finish the Evans thought, yeah, he didn't have the yards with Brady as much, but he was a touchdown a monster. He was a touchdown monster. Like he had, he had 27 touchdowns with his two years in Tom Brady. That's, that's absurd. And yeah, that's also where like fantasy can kind of dilute your brain where you like, you think oh this guy wasn't good cuz you had one bad year with him on your fantasy team and you're like oh you know and and that suddenly makes him bad. It's the Chris Johnson. The other one fact. that comes
1: Right. The other one that comes to
0: mind is Keenan Allen.
1: He doesn't oh, yeah. have the Super Bowl but like dude just catches 15 balls a game. And, oh, yeah. Like he's just so consistent.
0: Yeah. No, it's and- he's he's right there with Without question, and he's yeah definitely in that sort of category uh, of dudes, and yeah, it'll be a very big challenge to face Mike Evans if the weather, it looks like it's going to cooperate. Like I think it's like going to be forty-four, which is not what you want when you're playing when you're playing a, a team from Florida in the middle of December. Like you want that shit to be, uh, like fifteen degrees. You want you want it to be cold as shit. I saw a video of the thirty-seven. You know? Why you think the Packers would struggle in that that those conditions?
1: I just you, you know my stance on the on the whole Lambo and the cold thing. Yeah, That's done, man. That's done.
0: <laughs> Mitch is putting it to the ground. It is going to be 41 in Lambo, mostly cloudy, yeah. winds five to ten miles an hour. Still cold though for Tampa, who's I don't think played in the elements all year. They played a lot of dome games. I'd have to. Gonna have to look that up We'll i will do probably a more in-depth look at packers tampa bay when we have uh, our guy shake on 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 thursdays or fridays tapping the keg. so we'll uh the dumb we'll... thing
1: about about the weather in green bay this sunday is that you could get that day probably at the end of september too yeah and yeah and yeah. here we are in the middle of december
0: yeah that's there that's wisconsin for you uh all right real quick on the box i know we're we're running long are you you're not you're not really worried about this kind of tough Dame Lillard stretch, or are you kinda of maybe maybe not pushing the panic button but hovering over the panic button?
1: No, I think at this point in time, um he had a bad game against the Bulls. Horrible game against the Bulls. But I think for the most part he's been good, you know, he's he's been in the thirties more often than not for points. And, you know, again, it's been as we talked about a nauseum, that he's been a great clutch player and um, it's fine. I, some of the, I guess I don't love the Chris Haynes report because who do you think leaked it to him? Yeah. His boyfriend, Am Lillard. Right. And um, you know, I, you know, we don't need to be running to the media for stuff like that. And, and it's, it's curious why that would happen or how that would happen. All right. Why well, not? Not how we know how it happened, but why, is is curious. Um, it, well, and I don't know. Then, I, mean, I, I, I what else have I missed about it? I, I guess you. No, there's I, some stuff about about the Malik Beasley birthday. Uh, yeah, someday. that's
0: that's still like lingering because people are like, "Oh, is he still hungover from Vegas?" And I, I mean, I said myself, well, I, I said, tweeted that,
1: I tweeted that. Admittedly, well, other
0: people. I mean, Paul Heading did, like, and Paul Heading got a lot of shit for it, and then he's like, "Well, Chris is yelling at him, and all this other stuff," and. I guess a couple things. I've said this a few times myself. Dame needs to tone down the divorced dad energy. Like, he is a single divorced dad that's sowing his oats right now. I'm sure that feels good for him. Like, I'm sure he's enjoying himself. Okay. And I'm saying it about as professionally as I first, pers- as I probably do on this podcast. So, credit to me. But, that part needs to tone down. At some point, it will. At some point, it gets tired. We're like, yeah, fucking, fucking, sick of Lucid. We don't have a lot of nightclubs. Like, you can only go to Lucid and fucking Whitetail, and I don't think you'd go to Whitetail. But you get my point. Um, what other nightclubs? The Seven Twenty. Like, you're you can only go to those clubs so many times where you're probably sick of. It. Um, and then the other part is like, yeah, the Bucks are giving him a little bit of tough love. I think Bobby Portis after. The fact on Sunday to the media was like what we say in the locker room stays in the locker room. And I think that was Bobby's way of telling Damian Lillard through the media, shut the fuck up. Do not leak this stuff. The Haynes, and you and he also mentioned, like, I've been here for a thousand days. I don't think that was by accident by Bobby Portis, I think. And and then Dame doesn't play well on Monday and you could maybe correlate all of that together, but it could just be a bad day. And I, I think Dame is happy here. I think it's our Midwest in us that we're like, oh, are you sure you're okay? Do you have enough water? Do you have the food you need? Like, are you you, you sure you don't want another egg? Like, we you had two? Like, you don't want three? Like, I, I think there's a little bit of that where we're like, we just got to fucking relax. We are just all so wound up. And guys are going to have bad stretches. Yeah, that thing sucked. But all right, you fucked up. Let's not have it happen again. And I think that's what Vi Portis was essentially saying, including like shut the fuck up.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. So I, I, I know I said, I'm happy here.
0: I think there is some of that. I think there is some, some feeling he might not be happy or that they're just not getting along as a team and that they're just not coming together. I think, I think maybe it's more of that than it is like, he's not happy here.
1: Yeah, man. I, that's, that's tough for me cause they're, they are still winning games and you know, whatever. Um, but yeah, it, it is an uh, ironic time to have, to have a, a bad game. And I want to mention too, how overwhelming Monday night was just between, Oh yeah. You got the Packers on, you got the Bucks who just constantly fuck around right. and, uh, fantasy football matchups coming down to the wire. And it just was, just was a lot for me, a lot to handle.
0: Um, I, I agree. I agree. It was a little, it was a little overstimulation. I'll also, I'll also tell you, Mitch. Like, and I know you and I will be together on on Saturday. We got the Pistons got to beat the Sixers one of these games. We can't have the Pistons coming into Milwaukee on like a twenty-two game losing streak because you know we're gonna lose.
1: Yeah, or it'll be but, another, you know, one. 125
0: to 123. Pull it out of your ass.
1: And, yeah. and yeah. It's like, can we just beat them like 120 to 85? <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
0: They have a, uh, they have two with the six. Yeah. They this have week. A,
1: a home and home. It's like a, you know, instead of NBA has gone to where well, you play the, the two on the road and against your conference opponent, you know, in the same, right. In the same, you know, a series essentially. And you know this is one of the now rare home and homes for right. Detroit. So,
0: right there. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, I mean that's you, know, you got Indiana tonight, and um, then Detroit. Yeah. So you'd
0: you know, you'd a lot really of, a lot of
1: division I, division games here.
0: All right, let me ask you this to kind of close this to wrap it up. Would you rather blow out Indiana or Detroit? Ooh.
1: I'd rather blow out Indiana, honestly.
0: Hell yeah, brother. Same. Absolutely. I, mean, I would love I'd love to bury Indiana by twenty-five tonight. And just like kind of send a message of who the big dick still is here and who, who runs this thing in the central. Like, oh yeah, your in season yeah. tournament was cute, but we're we're still the big big bad wolf. Yeah, and
1: the Halliburton shit kinda got out of control yeah. uh right. after the after they beat the Bucs and it did feel like they were they were never going to beat that beat the Lakers in the mm. in the championship game um and everybody's kind of fine with that
0: um oh, it's great for they, the it's it's now, really good now, for the league that the Lakers the Lakers won the won the end season like that's that's exactly what they wanted
1: yeah I'm I don't I don't doubt that I don't disagree with that um you know the Pacers were not <laughs> We're not allowed to win that. Mm-hmm. Um, and now LeBron can can say he won the inaugural in-season tournament and right you know I'm 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 fine with the in-season tournament I'm not gonna complain about really any of it I think there are slight tweaks but you know some people out there are just like do you think Jordan would have cared about that it's like yeah he probably would have yeah you know I mean he, he probably would have yeah, You know, you put any anything for any competition or anything like that in front of them. Yeah, they do what it gave a shit. So absolutely. I wouldn't I wouldn't really mock LeBron over that.
0: No, I. There's plenty I, of other
1: things to mock him over.
0: I, I yeah, I would. Uh, I 100% agree. I think there is. Yeah, Le- LeBron or MJ would have definitely cared. Bird would have definitely cared. Magic would have cared. All of those guys would have made this matter. The hanging of the banner, which I know got kind of ridiculed. That's all NBA driven. That's the league wanting to prop this up because the league is trying to sell this in their media rights. Like this is all like a sort. And LeBron knows that, too. I think that's also part of the reason why LeBron cares about it, because LeBron wants a team in Vegas and LeBron wants to get these media rights up as much as fucking possible. So. He makes more money. Like that's hey, LeBron knows what he's doing. Like he's not a dummy. Yeah,
1: right. He's he's a businessman first and foremost.
0: Oh yeah, no question about it. All right, man. Anything else for the people? to Teles, the Pirates. Any thoughts?
1: Not surprised at all.
0: Pirates love um, bre- love Brewer scraps. They just love just mowing them, eating them all.
1: Daniel Vogelbach. Come right. to mind
0: Yeah they just like Fat Brewers that's, They have a fetish They're sickos
1: Yeah uh, Did you, Who
0: else I, I don't know Were you that? That's all I got Were you sick of The Tommy DeVito Talent stuff That seems like Something you get Tired of pretty quickly
1: Oh, A little bit Yeah It's it's yeah. It's been It's been a little Annoying But obviously yeah. it, You know You're on ESPN Monday Night Football Right And you get this win Over the Packers And it's You know It was a huge story during the game and yeah, yeah it's it's a lot
0: over under two weeks before Tommy DeVito's agent gets caught with cocaine at a nightclub in New York
1: under probably
0: yeah. yeah yeah to hammer it um I'm try I I have to think Doug Allen the guy who did entourage is writing a script at this very moment that is part entourage part sopranos and it's the Tommy DeVito story
1: part part longest yard
0: Part longest yard. There you go. Uh, part garbage kicking, field goal kicking Philadelphia, Miracle Man, you know, that Tony Danza TV movie. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: Philadelphia phenomenon. All right,
0: yeah. Yeah. Whatever. It was a long fucking name. I, I, I deserve credit for just pulling that out of my ass. Um,
1: yeah, I never saw that movie. I, I did.
0: I mean, come on. Little, little su- Sunday night Disney movie with the family. Got it. Um, all right. Absolutely. That does it. Um, I will not be back for a solo show the rest of the week. Um, I'll be off tomorrow, and then we're bringing back Shaken. Uh, we're gonna talk. Uh, we got twelve bars of Christmas on Saturday, Mitch. So we'll uh, find out where uh, Mister Shaken is, and we'll talk about that. And I'm sure a lot, lot more. He, uh, uh, yeah, said he has has a lot of thoughts. I'm sure about all the stuff going on. And uh, I have and not we-
1: done twelve bars of Christmas in some years.
0: Uh yeah. It was, did I do it in 2011? 20, not 2011, 2021,
1: uh, where I, I met him.
0: I met him at Slate. I think we all did. Didn't you? Was it me, you, and Murph met him at Slate? And then we went to Red, White, and Blue. We haven't like, it was the Army, Navy was playing. We got real drunk that Um, But usually when, like, I don't remember. 30 plus year olds, that, that was like that. that.
1: You said twenty eleven. That wasn't.
0: No, I was said twenty twenty one. I misspoke. Misspoke. Oh, okay. Um. Twenty twenty. It might have been twenty twenty two. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, whatever. But anyways. Uh, I do we'll... remember
1: the uh that the twenty four and one warriors game that was on, that was on that that day. That was about this time.
0: Oh 19th. yeah. That was twenty fifteen. Yeah, I remember going out with you guys in the afternoon because I had a holiday party that night and my wife at that time, my girlfriend was adamant that I could not get too drunk and I didn't. Um, Again, nice. big, big gave drinker. That's, that's what I, when I'm told. Like, hey, you can't do this. Like, even if I might be, I, I'll mask the shit out of it and act like I'm not. That's, you know, just got to just got to keep it together, man. That's all. That's all it is. All right, guys. Take care. Have a good week, and uh, yeah, we'll see. Ya, we'll see you Friday, unless something crazy happens. Sounds good. Peace. I was waiting for the peace. I was like, "Where? Where's the peace? Is the peace coming?" Peace. There it is.